so uh, there was once a priest, and he comes knocking frantically at the door of the rabbi. And uh, the rabbi sees who it is. He opens up. He asks the priest, what's, what's going on? He says, Rabbi, I need your help. We have a big problem in our community. There have been a lot of break-ins. Um, houses being broken into, burglaries. And um, we noticed that your community, the Jews, you don't have nearly as many break-ins as we do. And there must be something you're doing differently than us. Can you help me out? Can you tell me what to do for my flock? So the rabbi says to the priest, he says, well, you know, it's interesting you, you say that. They're standing at the door. You know, so the rabbi points to the mezuzah on the doorpost. He says, you see that? That's, that's the mezuzah. And that protects the house and all who are in it and everything in it. So that's, that's the secret of uh, our home security system, spiritual home security system. So the mezuzahs. The priest says, okay, rabbi, that's it. I'm ordering 500 mezuzahs. Okay, no problem. He orders the mezuzahs. Goes and he puts them up on all the doors of his congregation. Two weeks later, priest comes frantically knocking at the door of the rabbi. He says, rabbi, you got to help me. You got to help me. Rabbi says, what's wrong? Didn't the mezuzahs work? He says, yes, yes, we put up the mezuzahs. They work. The burglars stopped coming, but the new guys are much worse. He says, who? The priest says, the fundraisers. <laughs> okay. Anyways, just a little Jewish humor. We're talking about the mitzvah of mezuzah, the mark of a Jewish home. Um, it is providential and appropriate that we're speaking about this mitzvah now. We mentioned that we are having a series of classes on different mitzvah campaigns that were initi initiated by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Each month we'll talk about a different mitzvah campaign. But it is very appropriate that we're speaking about mezuzah in this month, in the month of Elul, just before Rosh Hashanah. Um, it, is a, it is a matter of Jewish law that one should uh, check the mezuzahs twice in seven years. However, there are many who are scrupulous to uh, check them more often, to check them yearly, and to do so specifically when in the month of Elul as a, um, a preparation for, for the high holidays. We want to enter into the high holidays with as, much, uh, with as many merits as we can, and so one of the things many people do is check the mezuzahs at this, precisely at this time of year. So it's a, it's a potent time to be discussing the topic. So let, let's talk about the idea that the mezuzah is the home security system. We know that a mezuzah is a reminder. Um, in fact, the Talmud tells us that there are a few, few mitzvahs that are reminders of the mitzvahs. Mezuzah is one of them, and, and another two are tefillin and uh, tzitzis. So we know that one of the functions of a mezuzah is a, it's a reminder. You, you come and you go, you see the mezuzah, and it reminds you of the mitzvahs. The same thing with tefillin and, uh, and, and tzitzis as well. Reminders. And that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But what about this spiritual idea that a mezuzah provides protection? 
I mean, there are, there are those who will, who will ask, and it's not a bad question, it's a legitimate question. Doesn't that sound sort of superstitious? Like, what do you, what do you say? It's like Lahavdil, but you, like, a, like a lucky rabbit's foot. I mean, what are you saying? It's like a lucky charm. What, what's the idea of the mezuzah providing protection for us? Um, and furthermore, if you say that a mezuzah provides protection, so then what's sort of the implication there? That if you don't have one, you know, it's like, you know, the mafia has this racket. They provide protection. You know what they do? They go to the store owners. Oh, we heard that there's uh, some bad guys in the neighborhood who are uh, vandalizing stores. Yeah, well, we wouldn't want that to happen to your store. You know, pay us some protection, right? It sounds like a protection racket. You know, so God says you have to have the mezuzah in order to be protected. Okay, well... It's the implication is, so if I don't have it, so then bad things are going to happen to me, God forbid. So, and obviously that's not what it means. It's obviously not what it means. But then we have to understand what it does mean. What does it mean that a mezuzah provides protection? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this spiritual home security system. But let me do so by way of a story. A very, very old story, a story that goes back uh, almost 2,000 years. The story goes back to the time of the Roman Empire, when the uh, Roman Empire ruled in the Holy Land, and uh, the wicked Emperor Hadrian. This was about 50 years after the destruction of the First Temple, and Hadrian had a sister who had a son, that means... Hadrian's nephew, named Onkelos. And uh, it's interesting. Onkelos wanted to find his way in life. He wanted to go out and, uh, you know, make a life for himself. And his uncle had advised him, if you want to succeed in life, buy low, sell high. Find something undervalued, get in on the ground floor, and you'll be a success in life. So Onkelos went around the Roman Empire, and he ended up in Jerusalem. And he said, look at the Jewish people. Look how undervalued they are. They have such wisdom, and yet they are oppressed and they are persecuted. I think I want to buy in on, you know, this is like buying Apple in 1981, you know. This is is a a good investment. Um, And he became Jewish. He became a righteous convert. Now, word got back to Rome, to Hadrian, that his nephew, Uncleus, had become Jewish. Well, that was obviously not acceptable. So the emperor sent a a group of his royal guards, the king's guards. He sent them to Jerusalem to go arrest Uncleus and to bring him back to Rome for punishment. What happened? The group of guards got there and they were, I mean, they were perplexed why the nephew of an emperor, somebody who comes from such privilege, why would he trade it all in to join this scorned group of people who are, you know, like we mentioned, who are oppressed, persecuted. It didn't make sense to them. So one of them 
asked him about it, asked a question, like, what are you doing? Why did you do something like this? That was, his, that was his first and last mistake, the guard. Because Unculus was an eloquent speaker, and the minute that he was asked to explain himself, he explained himself very, very well. And these guards, royal guards of the king, after listening to Unculus, after sitting in Fabrengen with Unculus for a little while, they said, that's it, we're doing the same thing as you, we're also becoming Jewish, and they didn't come back. So after a while, Hadrian is waiting, where, where are the guards? And they never came back, where are they? And they found out, no, they all left, they defected, and they became Jewish. So he said, this is crazy. He got a second group of guards, he told them, go arrest my nephew, but listen to me, you, you, you can't talk to him, because, you know, He's very, very eloquent, and he'll like, you know, he'll rope you in. So, <clears throat> don't talk to him. But um, they got there, and they didn't talk to him. They didn't initiate, but he asked them questions, <laughs> and they answered. And once they answered, that's it. They, you know, they, they didn't stand a chance. He grabbed them, and they became Jewish. All of them. They all became Jewish. So. Uh, now we're up to the third group of guards, and Hadrian tells the third group of guards, he says, listen to me, my nephew is very, very good with words, okay? The first group went, the second group went, and, and they didn't come back. You cannot speak to him. Even if he speaks to you, don't answer him. Do not answer him. Do not get pulled into a conversation. No speaking. So they said, okay, no problem. So they went. And they went to arrest him, they come into his house, and um, he tries to speak to them, and nope, not, mm-mm, 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 not speaking to you, right? So uh, they grab him, silently, they grab him, and they pull him out of the house, and as they're pulling him out of the house, they pull him through the doorway, and as he's being pulled through the doorway, you know what he does? He reaches for the mezuzah to give it a kiss. They never saw anything like that. So one of them said, well, what was that? He said, hmm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> that was it. That was it. They were goners. What did he tell them? He said, you know, normally a king stays inside the house and the guards stand outside the house to protect the king. And by the way, Unculus knew exactly who he was talking to. These were king's guards. They knew this job. They understood very well what it means. The king is in the innermost chamber. The guard is standing outside at the, door, at the doorway, standing guard. They understood exactly what that means. It was the perfect, the perfect uh, parable for them, or an analogy. So he says, you know, the king, a normal king, he stays inside, and the guard stands by the door to guard the house. But our king the king of all kings, the holy one, blessed be he. He has us in the inside of the house, and he stands at the doorway guarding the door. They heard this. They couldn't believe this, such a notion. The king who guards you. They understood guarding the king. But hold on a second. Now there's a king. You don't guard the king. The king guards you. This blew them away, and they became Jewish. So what is this idea of the king who guards us and, and who guards us by way of the mezuzah? How are we to understand this? 
How are we to understand the mechanics of mezuzah, how it provides divine protection? And again, like we were asking before, the question of the implication, if a mezuzah makes you safe, then, oh, if you don't have a mezuzah, then something, God forbid, unsafe will happen to you? So here's what we have to understand. There is a concept in Judaism, a very fundamental concept. In fact, it's one of the 13 principles of faith called reward and punishment. That when you do what you're supposed to do, you're rewarded, and if you do the opposite, you get the opposite. Reward and punishment. This is not it. This, what we're saying now, that a mezuzah protects you, is not a matter of reward and punishment. Protection is not the reward for doing the mitzvah of mezuzah. That's a misconception. That's a mistake. Protection is not the reward for doing the mitzvah of mezuzah. Protection is the function of the mitzvah of mezuzah itself. That's what the mezuzah does. It's not a reward for having a mezuzah. That's what a mezuzah does. A mezuzah protects. That is its function. On every mezuzah, you see the the shin on the case. Often it's on the case. Which is an acronym or an initial for one of the divine names, which is spelled shin daladyud. One of God Almighty's names, Shin Dalad Yud, which itself is an acronym for the phrase Shoimer Dalseis Yisrael, the guardian of the doorways of the Jewish people. So protection is not the reward for keeping the mitzvah of mezuzah. Protection is the function of a mezuzah. That's what the mezuzah does. It is the Shoimer Dalseis Yisrael, or the way in which Hashem who is Shemir Dalsis Yisrael, the guardian of the Jewish doorways, provides that protection. And not only does the mezuzah provide protection for the home, but in the words of uh, King David, in the words of Psalms, Hashem Yishmar Tzeischa Uveyecho Miyatov Hashem will guard your goings and your comings from now and forever. So it's not just in the house, it's also when you're going and when you're coming. That's what the mezuzah does. In 1974, Hanukkah time to be precise, the Rebbe launched the mezuzah campaign. And the goal of the campaign was very clear, very explicit. The Rebbe wanted everybody who had the ability to do so to make sure they themselves and their families had proper mezuzahs on all their doorways, as well as anyone you can reach, anybody you can influence, anyone you know, even people you don't yet know, reach out to them, make a new friend, and help every Jewish person to have a kosher mezuzah. Whether that means buying new mezuzahs, where there were not mezuzahs in place, or checking the kashrus 
of mezuzahs that are already there and making sure that they are fitting. So that was Hanukkah of 74. Later that year, May 15th, 1974, there was a group of uh, school children from Tzfat, from the city of Tzfat. And they went on a school trip to go hiking in the Golan. And as part of that trip, these young people um, stayed, they slept for the night in a school building in the town of Malot in northern Israel. During the evening, while these dozens of precious children, school children, were sleeping in the school building in Malot, three terrorists, Yimach Shemom, they came disguised as Israeli soldiers, and they were able to sneak their way onto the school grounds, they came into the school and caught everyone by surprise and started taking hostages. There were children jumping out of windows. It was, it was, it was mayhem. There was a hostage situation. The army was dispatched. I actually know somebody who was there as a soldier who was not yet religious at the time and he says one of the things that led him to becoming religious was this was this incident at any rate the, the there was a hostage situation and um, be, before they were able to uh, neutralize the terrorists 17 precious children were were murdered and and more were injured but 17 were, were murdered. Now, in the town of, of Tzfat, where the children came from, that's the school where they were from was in Tzfat, and they, most of them lived in Tzfat. So the shliach, Reb Ayyelib Kaplan, Label Kaplan, Olav Shalom, he went to go comfort the families. And... Uh, after comforting the families, he and some other people, some helpers, went down to the school. Not the school where the shooting, where the, the murders took place, but the school where the, um, the children were from. And they looked around for the mezuzahs, and right away they found 17 mezuzahs that were Clearly not kosher. 17 mezuzahs, 17 children who were murdered, 17 mezuzahs that were clearly not kosher, and, 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 they, and they wrote to the Rebbe and reported what they found. Um, later on, I mean, that was the very day, the day, the, the, the day of. Later on, three more children died. And... Uh, the Rebbe told them to check 
more of the mezuzahs. Maybe they missed something. And they went back to the school and they found that they missed the mezuzahs in the kitchen and in the dining room. And there were two more mezuzahs which were clearly, obviously not kosher, and two that were doubtful. They weren't sure about it. And they reported this back to the Rebbe. That Shabbos, do you understand, if, they, if 17 children were killed immediately at, at the, during the incident, and then they found 17 mezuzahs immediately. Later on, three more children passed, and they went back. They had been told them to go back and check, and they found more mezuzahs that, that they hadn't found before. Two that were certainly unkosher, and two that were doubtful. Anyways, it was something that shook up the entire Jewish world. I don't remember this. This actually happened a few weeks before I was born. I mean, I'll tell you how much it affected the Jewish world. That It happened a few weeks before I was born, and I remember growing up, hearing about it, and I remember people still being very, very traumatized by, by it. At any rate, that Shabbos, which was Shabbos Parshas Bahar Buchu Kesai, the Rebbe at the Fabrengen, the Rebbe would lead a gathering on Shabbos. So at the Fabrengen, the Rebbe spoke about what had happened that week. And the Rebbe said, Lately, I've been preoccupied with the mitzvah mezuzah, the, the, the campaign for the mitzvah of mezuzah. If you remember, the, the campaign had been launched about five, six months earlier. So the Rebbe said, I've been preoccupied with this campaign to make sure that everybody knows about the importance of having a kosher mezuzah, having a mezuzah up, checking the mezuzah that's there already. And the Rebbe says, I, there's been this push, milmaila, from above, from heaven. There's been like this urgency, this feeling of urgency. It's, it's very unusual to hear the Rebbe speak about that kind of thing. I mean, the Rebbe has his... I don't know, there's behind the scenes, whatever it is, however the Rebbe knows or feels or that, that something is important. That, that's the Rebbe's business, you know. But this was like a sort of a glimpse where the Rebbe was like revealing how it came to him that he brought the, the, the mezuzah campaign to us. So the Rebbe said, I was like, I've, I've been feeling this push, like this urgency from heaven that this needs to be taken care of. And... Now, from what happened this week, we've, we can begin to understand why. Why there's this push and why it's so important. Because we see clearly how the mitzvah of mezuzah is connected to what happened. Now, I want to tell you, I mentioned earlier, it is very, very difficult to say that, well, if you have a mezuzah, then you're going to be safe. If you don't have, oh, now something bad's going to happen to you. I mean, it just it doesn't sound right. It rubs us the wrong way. So at the time, people actually had this reaction, and they wrote to the Rebbe. They asked, is the implication that if we would have kosher mezuzahs, then we would be protected, and if you don't have, then God is going to come, you know, with the lightning bolt, proverbially, 
So the following Shabbos, the next Shabbos, Shabbos Bamidbar, the Rebbe spoke about this question and clarified. The Rebbe said, I was asked, how is it possible that we're implying that if you have a mezuzah, you're protected. So therefore, if you don't have a mezuzah, now you're not protected, which basically sounds like you're saying the punishment for not having a mezuzah is something terrible, God forbid, is going to happen to you. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't even make sense. Does that make sense? Because a person doesn't have a mezuzah, now they have to be hit with a lightning bolt. It doesn't even make sense. It's, forget about it not being kind. It's just, it's disproportionate. So that's clearly not what it means. That's not what, it, so then what does it mean? So the Rebbe clarified. The Rebbe said, Chas v'shalom. God forbid anyone should think that anyone's being punished for not having a kosher mezuzah. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying, God forbid, anyone's being punished for not having a kosher mezuzah. So then what are we saying? So what's the big deal? Why is it so important? Why is it so helpful to have it? So the Rebbe gave a marshal, uh, an analogy. The Rebbe said, a soldier's out at war, and he's on the front lines, and there are bullets whizzing. And what does he do? He puts on a helmet. What does the helmet do? The helmet protects him from the bullets. Now, if he puts on the helmet, it doesn't make that the enemy isn't going to shoot at him. And if he takes the, the helmet off, it doesn't make that the enemy is going to shoot at him. The enemy's shooting either way. The enemy's shooting because the enemy shoots. But if he has the, the helmet, then if he gets hit, he can be saved. So the Rebbe explained that this is what the mezuzah does. It's not that, God forbid, if you don't do it, something bad's going to happen to you. We live in a world, unfortunately, Mashiach's not here yet. And, and, and the world is not a perfect place yet. And, and, and there, there are dangerous people, and there are terrorists, and there are terrible things that happen to, to, to innocent, totally innocent people. That's what happens, because that's the nature of the world. That's the world we live in. Just like if you're in the front lines and the bullets are whizzing. The bullets are whizzing because the bullets are whizzing. It's not to punish you. It's not because anything you did. Don't take it personal. The bullets are whizzing because the bullets are whizzing. But there's a helmet. At least there's a helmet. Hashem gave us the ability to at least protect ourselves a little bit, and that's the mezuzah. As we said, it's not just the mezuzah protects the home, but as the, as the Holy Zohar says, that it it, it protects you when you go out, when you come in. So it protects you not only in the home, but also out of the home. But it's not that, God forbid, not having it causes bad things to happen. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. The world is a dangerous world. Terrorists kill because terrorists kill. But when we have a mezuzah, at least we, we, we give ourselves better odds. We protect ourselves, like a, like a soldier putting on a helmet. And we need to do everything that we can do to try to increase the odds, to try to make ourselves safer. 
So this is not, God forbid, to, to, to threaten anybody what happens if you don't have mezuzah. And for sure it's not, God forbid, to tell anybody if anything ever happened to you, it's because of you didn't have... God forbid, that's not what we're, what we're saying is, until Mashiach comes, scary things happen. And we need the mezuzah. The mezuzah will help us to be as safe as possible. And I just want to mention, I mean, the Rebbe doesn't spell this out, but I feel like maybe it does need to be spelled out. There are soldiers who were on the front lines who were wearing helmets and they did get killed. So don't make any assumptions. Please don't make any assumptions. What we do, we, we don't pretend to know what we don't know. But what we do know is that if you're a soldier and you're on the front lines, it's sure as heck a good idea to wear a helmet. It'll, 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 it makes things a lot safer. Completely safe? No. <laughs> you're on the front lines. But it makes it a lot safer. And, and, and that's the same thing with the mezuzah. Mezuzah makes life as safe as it possibly can be in the exile that we're in. That's it. So it's 46 years later since Malot. And uh, since that time, millions of mezuzahs, it has to be by this point, millions of mezuzahs have been replaced, have been checked, have been corrected because of this campaign over the past 46 years. And the Rebbe also explained at the time during the campaign of the, the mezuzah, the launching of the campaign. We're still during the campaign. The campaign is ongoing. But during the time when the campaign was launched, the Rebbe explained, there's another thing. That because all Jews are interlinked, because we all have a connection to each other, so not only does the mezuzah protect us, not only in our homes, but also when we go out of the home, but because of the interconnectedness of Jews, one kosher mezuzah anywhere in the world helps Jews everywhere in the world. You hear? So maybe it's not even necessarily you. Maybe it's not even necessarily your safety. In that way, it's even better than a helmet. Maybe it's like uh, what's it, that, that shield that they have in there. It's a throw where they can block the bombs, you know? Not just the helmet on your head, but to a certain extent, you're making life safer for everyone, for all of us. So your kosher mezuzah, it might not be for you. It might be for, for someone you've never met. You would, you would help out someone you've never met, right? And uh, the Rebbe asked that rabbis, and the Rebbe specifically said, not just Chabad, the Rebbe specifically said this, not just Chabad, but all rabbis of all communities, all types of congregations, and I'm going to reinforce this statement right here because it happens to be, from time to time, I get emails from rabbis. That's actually my favorite kind of, just as an aside, just personally. It's one of my favorite types of correspondences when I get feedback from rabbis who tell me they're stealing my stuff and I say, it's beautiful, please. <laughs> you, you can't steal from a thief. Don't worry. <laughs> I didn't come up with any of this stuff originally. You know, I'm, I'm just packaging it. You go repackage it yourself and that's great. And if it helps people, that's beautiful. So I know that there are some rabbis who listen to these classes. So I will tell them, the Lubavitcher Rebbe has urged us as rabbis, speak to your congregation, especially right now, especially right before Rosh Hashanah, but at any time, all the time, 
speak to them about the importance of kosher mezuzahs. You would be surprised, even very observant homes, they don't necessarily uh, check as often as maybe we should, and we could all use to, you know, we could all use a little bit of uh, encouragement to be more meticulous about this mitzvah. And then beyond that, not just your own home and your own office, um, but anyone you can reach out to, anyone you can influence. I know we think it's, you know, sometimes we're uncomfortable with it, but you know, you meet a Jew, you know, you're in the checkout line at the grocery store, and you, you know, <laughs> you make conversation with somebody. I don't know. I mean, you have to get over yourself somewhat, get over the social awkwardness, and sometimes you have to, you know, figure out a way to throw that into the conversation and say, you know, by the way, uh, maybe uh, you would like to check the mezuzahs, or have you have you checked the mezuzahs? And uh, so this again, this is this is for all of us, rabbis especially have an influence, but all of us have, have a certain amount of influence. And uh, you know, to, to, to really make sure that this mitzvah, which has such an important function, should, uh, should be promoted in the, in the best possible way. I want to mention one more thing, and it's not directly about mezuzah. It's actually sort of a, a side point, but I have the opportunity to mention it, so I'm going to mention it. Um, when the Rebbe spoke about the mezuzahs providing protection, and, and especially what the Rebbe was speaking about in, in, the, in the land of Israel, where protection is so important, um, so the Rebbe said that, you know, there are, there are two ways of achieving anything in this world. And it's not either or, it's both. There's the spiritual and there's, there's the material. And it's not either or, it's both. So the Rebbe said, for example, making a livelihood. Okay? So you have to have a job, you have to go to work. That's the material part of making a living. But as we all know, it's not just going to work that earns a livelihood. It's, it's blessings. It's Hashem's blessings. So for, for Hashem's blessings to come down... We have to do the spiritual stuff, which means learning Torah and, 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 and davening and, and mitzvahs and acts of goodness and kindness. So the spiritual stuff brings down the blessings. And then the, what we call it, the hishtadlis, the, the, the material, the natural, the regular stuff, the normal stuff, that's like putting out a cup. That's like putting out a vessel to, to contain the blessing. So the, the, the Rebbe actually said, somebody, <laughs> it's a very cute uh, and poignant um, analogy. Somebody who only does the material effort in order to make a livelihood, um, it's like somebody who thinks he's going to become wealthy by sewing wallets. Because <laughs> he's making so many wallets, now he's going to have a lot of money. Well, no, you, if you have the money, you can put the money in the wallets. But by sewing lots of wallets doesn't mean you're going to have a lot of money. So it's the same thing. By working harder and working more, and you know that's like creating a wallet. That's like having a vessel. That's like having something to put the blessing into. But without the blessing, you have nothing, you don't have anything to put in the wallet. So the Rebbe used that as, a, as an analogy and said the same thing with security and with safety. That for sure, the main way we bring down the blessing of safety and security from Hashem is the spiritual approach. And one of the main spiritual things we do is the mitzvah of, of mezuzah. At the same time, you also have to do the natural um, effort in this world 
that creates a vessel for drawing down the blessing of, of safety and protection. And in that regard, the Rebbe made very, very, very clear that when we were talking about safety and security in the land of Israel, that, of course, the blessing of safety and security comes from the mitzvahs we do, especially having a kosher mezuzah, but the, the vessel that we, that we put out by, by putting forth natural uh, effort in the, in, the, in the natural world, that's by doing the smart things that uh, whatever the military says is the safe thing to do. Don't listen to politicians who are um, doing what is expedient or diplomatic. Listen to those who are experts in security and whatever makes Jews the safest in the simple, not complicated uh, explanation of the matter, but in the most simple way of making Jews safe. So that's what makes the vessel. And then when you make that vessel, obviously we draw down the blessings into that vessel through all the mitzvahs we do, especially, uh, especially mezuzah. So... Um, I just want to bless all of us with a good, sweet, healthy, happy new year, and especially that we should all be safe from all harm. We should be protected, and um, Hashem should bless us all. That's the main thing. Hashem should bless us. And the main blessing we need, we need Mashiach. <laughs>